Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Sneakers and Cleats, the podcast. Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It is Friday, November 17th. This is episode 51. I'm Matt Roy. That's David Chancellor. David, how are you this morning? I'm good. I can't think of a 51. David Buck or Dave Buckus? Or Dick Buckus, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, then silly, silly me, and silly you for getting that wrong. Yeah. Uh, happy, uh, happy fiftieth though the other day, huh? <laughs> That's huge. I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of neat that we've made it this far. I didn't get you anything. What do you get somebody for fifty? It's gold, yes. It's gold watch. Well, Jordan and I's uh, first is first anniversary is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's paper. So we, were, we were trying to figure it. Out. I'm, I'm going to get our phone book. So should I not do that? Uh, that's probably not great. Um, uh, my first Christmas um, with my wife, my mother gave us uh, for Christmas. We opened this box and there's all these like little like paper mache things. And I was just like, what what is this? And there was like a hippo and a giraffe and a bird of some sort. And I was like. Mom, what are you? What are you doing? Like, what? What? What is, what, what, what is this deal? What, what, and she's like, "That's a first anniversary Christmas gift because they're all made out of paper." And now, so every year when we put the ornaments on the tree, I completely, I feel like a complete horse's ass because it's like, <laughs> "Oh, this is so nice." Uh, so yes, uh, uh, you'll need to get her a. What if I do the something. phone book, but they actually like fold them into things? I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm actually not getting my wife a phone book. There might, there may not be a anniversary number a two. <laughs> Other names for uh, number fifty-one. So, um, Randy Johnson, good one. Ah, yes, the bird. That was one of the best moments in sports ever, history. Ever, ever. How do you hit a bird with a pitch? Every like, that that's it just exploded too. Like there's no bird remains. There's a. So how old are you when that happens? That was what early two thousands. Internet's not around, right? No, oh no. Well, it was around, but social was not like now. I mean, so it would. You were you were still doing dial up at that point. Yeah, I mean, the, just the idea of that happening now would break. It, the it would break the internet. Yeah. It would break the internet for sure. The it's what one... I remember about him, by the way. Well, I, I, yeah, I remember him on the him on the D backs and winning the World Series and Game Seven against the Yankees and stuff. But I, I, the bird comes to mind like first or second thought. I think mullet bird. You know, unbelievable pitcher. That's I think that's a fair order. Uh, and then Ichiro is the other one I came up with. Ichiro, also yeah. great pitcher, probably um, started the uh, international craze. I, I, I think it's fair to say he lived up to the hype, and there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hype. I mean, it's, he's he was Shohei before Shohei. I yeah. Mean, he, he had the power. He, had he the was speed, Wimby he had before everything. Wimby. Like, there, yeah. where that trail of, like, oh, my God, you're going to see something. Everybody else on the other part of the world has been seeing something that you haven't seen. America, you're about to see it. Watch out. Right. And he lived up to the hype. So we're going to keep it short and sweet today. Um, I know David has a, another show to do at 12, so we're going to get in, get out of here. We have a lot of stuff to go over, including Frank Harris possibly playing his last game 
uh, in the Alamo Dome tonight. Actually, not possibly. He is playing his last game in the Alamo Dome tonight. Possibly Jeff Trailer playing his last game, coaching his last game in the Alamo Dome tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. Wemby and the Spurs. Uh, how do you? What's the word? Suck. They're not great. So um, he doesn't suck, but they're not great. No, they as a unit suck. Um, already been blown out by thirty points three times this year. So I've gotten fooled, Matt, several times of already of like, hey guys, be, me guys being my family, like, hey let's let's you know let's have dinner in the den on the table around you know watching TV, and it's like oh, because of Wimby. You know, my wife's like because of Wimby. I'm like yeah yeah. And the other night it was because he was playing Chet, and about. 10 minutes into to I mean not even 10 game minutes just 10 flat minutes into the thing the broadcast it was like uh, okay what do you want to watch well it's kind of nice for you since you have to be up early so you can go to sleep <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> you can turn thank, it off by halftime thank you for not being better than what you guys are yeah right uh, I did want to start though with um something that that I was literally up till four o'clock in the morning just thinking about this. You were fired up. I I'm, saw it on social media. I'm, I'm still fired up, and I'm trying. I'm trying to take the emotion out of it because I'm emotional, an emotional person to start with. But um, it's it just bugs me. But anyway, if you didn't see it last night. I don't know how, but if you weren't on social, you probably didn't. Uh, Krista Thompson. She's a sideline reporter, longtime sideline reporter, last 15 years. Um, she's done a really good work, uh, allegedly. Um, <laughs> And uh, she's on Amazon now. She works for Fox, so she does the uh, TNF games on Amazon. Um, she said on Pardon My Take, which is kind of a satirical barstool podcast yeah. uh, with Big Cat and all those guys. They do a great job with their with their brand. They're awesome. Um, she said on that podcast, quote, I've said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, but I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I didn't want to screw up the report, so I was just, I was like, I'm just going to make it up. Um, I have so many thoughts on this. The first of which was, as our as media as a whole, yeah, we've been dragged yeah. for the most part over the last decade. Let's say, yeah, I would say behind police officers, media is like a second most hated profession. And the amount of villainized, the amount that we've been villainized, the amount that we get dragged through the mud for saying that we're lying or fake news or whatever is, um, it's, it's harmful. It's harmful to everybody in the industry. And I always try and tell people like, not everyone's like that. Some, there's some bad eggs that, that might try and lie to you or might try and like get quotes or get clicks and, and mislead headlines. But for the most part, 99% of us aren't like that. But when you have someone who makes $700,000 a year, has a really high-profile job that literally comes out and says, yeah, I would just make it up sometimes. And sports are not news. I see that there is a much different thing about lying about a sideline report than lying about what is happening in Jerusalem. I get it. Right. However, it's still a lie. You're still fraudulent. You're still misleading the public. And it makes me angry being as part of the media, seeing that you're, you're blatantly, openly lying to people uh, and causing I, even more mistrust than we already have. Everything you just said is true. Everything you said is irrefutable. Everything you said – I mean, you're justified in that. And, and you're justified in your emotion of being – frustrated, upset, angry at someone who, you know, I mean, for the most part, if you are in 
the business, and if you're certainly in a sports business, like you look at her and say, man, you got a really good gig. Yeah. And you just kind of threw it away, although she hadn't been fired. Uh, as, she or, also didn't address it on the broadcast last night. But but as she said, I guess, they already knew about it. So And, and by the way, just for those who, who don't know how that all works, she has a team of producers on the sidelines who are helping her. It wasn't just her standing there with her, you know, camera phone doing all of this to where nobody knew what was happening. So a producer or several producers would know, oh, you didn't get a chance to talk to, uh, uh, you know, right. whatever but, coach. But you and I know to a much smaller scale uh, doing t- uh, TNL sure. and all that stuff. If you don't get the coach, you say, hey, I didn't get the coach. Don't come down. They just don't Correct. come down to you. It's ne- there's You don't hear – like the Michelin tires sports report down here's Carissa Thompson. You don't have to get an ad read in or something. My, my, it's just like you don't. You just don't make it up. I just want to understand my. I, so benefit of the doubt, right? Because when you see this story, you're like, I'm not as emotional about it with you than, than you. I'm not as emotional about this as you are. I'm not sure why, other than the fact maybe it's because I'm removed from the sports world a little bit. Maybe it's because I'm like, I don't want her job. Uh, maybe it's raising two kids and I just don't have the energy anymore. I, I'm, not, I'm not denying that you – like I don't think that you should not be upset about it. I'm just telling you I'm not as emotional about it. I still think that she's wrong. My, my, my take on it was when I saw it, I was like, What? There's no way that's true. Like, there's no way that's actually true. She <laughs> went on Barstool, which we all know is, like, to me, that's just, like, if you were to draw up a job of, like, yeah. you want to work in sports, you want to work with dudes, you want to hang out, and, you know. <laughs> you want to go walk your Barstool. Do all that. Like, that's where you want to work. Yeah. And my guess is, I thought, well, she got up caught up in the moment. Like, she's talking to Big Cat. Uh, you know, uh, everything's going on, and it's like, ha yeah, yeah, we're entertainment. We're entertainment. And that's where she maybe got lost in the moment and misspoke. But apparently— She said it before. Apparently she did not. <laughs> so my other takeaway from this, besides just the, the overarching kind of 30,000-foot view, yeah. was— And I think the reason that I might be more upset about it than you are is our age and our status in the industry. You've been through sports. You've done it. You did it for 20-some-odd years. You then got out of it and now are now an anchor and a very successful in this industry. I think when you're coming at it from a person like me who is 28, who has been in the industry for four, almost five years, and is still trying to get to her position, Yeah, I think I have a different take on it just because I went to Arizona State, one of the best journalism schools in the country. I paid... I'm still paying student loans on getting that master's degree so I can learn the SBJ code of ethics and try and which the first one is seek truth and report it, which she obviously doesn't know and didn't do. I did all these things to try and get where she is and to try and get where people like Michelle Tafoya and, and, uh, all of the other Craig Sagers of the world and like all of the amazing sideline reporters that have been in this industry or even all the anchors that have been in the sports industry. I did those things to try and get there and to see someone openly mock the profession unknowingly or knowingly just grinds my gears because it's, it's unethical. It's ghastly. It's, it's abhorrent. It's 
all of it's it's disrespectful yeah. it's disrespectful to everyone who came before her it's disrespectful to me as someone who's in the industry it's disrespectful to all of the women journalists who have struck who have struggled to try and get into the industry in the first place in an industry that's dominated by men and has been for a really long time it's disrespectful to every single person who has ever called themselves a sports journalist and i don't i, I hope she never does again because she's not i think the the as a as a man who's raising two kids one being a daughter and we talk a lot in our house about equality and you are as qualified if not more than your brother you are uh, afforded the opportunities if not more than your brother i that part resonates with me more than anything mm-hmm. is the line where you talked about the women journalists because you 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 use the name you know Michelle Tafoya, and and she's fantastic. And there are countless others. Yeah, Lisa I, I, Salters, Laura Austin. So so, all of so them. Lisa Salters is the one that jumped to mind. We're talking about not only a woman but a woman of color who has really had to kick down a whole bunch of doors. And you know she has to me. Again, I'm not going to sit here and just say that somebody's justified or not justified in their emotion. But if I'm Lisa, I am certainly upset. Because I have worked my butt off to get to where I'm at. And now what you did was you basically just threw out there, oh, you know what? They just hire an eye candy. Yeah. That's, and and that's, that's certainly wrong. My other takeaway from, from what you just said there, how you said you're 28, but yet you use the phrase grind my gears. Like how old <laughs> are you? I watch, I watch Family Guy sometimes. <laughs> well, <laughs> And I think that that goes to the larger point. You saw Lisa. You saw everybody yeah. in the industry like come out in force. Has anybody night. defended her? I've seen a couple of people um, not defend her because I think we all realize that it's wrong. Um, there's right. a lot. Of, there's a lot of people that have come out and said like she's still a good person. We can't take her out to the woodshed and leave her there and all that stuff. And I, but I think I think that it was really telling last night. When you saw people like Michelle Tafoya and Lisa Salters and Aaron Andrews doesn't say anything, but they have a podcast together, so that would be that's going to be an interesting episode on Monday Yikes. when, when uh, they do the Calm Down podcast. Yeah, um, you saw all of the big wigs in the industry, um, yep. people that we look up to, the Tracy Wolfsons, like all of those people. Um, they didn't stand by her at all. Yeah, they they called it disgusting. They were disgruntled. They disrespectful all of the all of the words that i just used and more have been used by all of the big wigs in the industry and i think that like when you're when you're someone who loves the industry as much as i do as much as you do as much as so many people who have dedicated their lives to this industry and have seen it villainized and have seen people be dragged through the mud and 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 just everything that goes along with it it just it's it makes me incredibly salty um about it the 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 real unfortunate thing about things like this is for the most part there are there are exceptions to this rule but for the most part when a journalist uh gets into some sort of scandal right all it does is and this is true in any sort of industry but so much so with ours just because it's public a journalist makes a mistake a journalist admits to a mistake a journalist admits to any sort of wrongdoing where there is uh intent right to lie It stains the industry. It once again puts a black mark on what we do, and it gives folks who don't believe in what we do a right to question it. 
But Clarissa Thompson or Carissa Thompson, nobody will remember her name in a week. Nobody will remember what exactly she did, who she worked for, the name of her podcast. And I'm not trying to be mean to her. That's just a fact. Like, that's just a fact. I think they will. I, I think that's wrong. I oh, think, I, I think that they will. I think that when you're that high profile. I don't even know. I'll, I'll be honest with you, bro. I don't even quite understand. If you, if, you, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what she looks like. Really? I don't know who. She, I think the average person is like, who? Maybe it's because you're asleep on Thursday nights. <laughs> but I but no, but my I, I point, your, my, my, point, my bigger point is you 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 leave the house that you you know have lived in worse than you left it. And nobody you nobody should ever do that. Yeah. Nobody and, should ever do and that. And I don't want to keep harping on this. I think the last point I'd like to make is at Arizona State, I learned from someone her name's Paula Boyvin and she is in the Arizona Sports Hall of Fame, and she tells a she tells a couple of stories about how being a woman journalist in in the eighties and in the nineties and going in in the early two thousands, um, how it how hard it was and how hard women have worked to be equal. Um, I don't want to miss tell one of her best stories about uh, Oral Hershiser and um, being in the Dodgers locker room and stuff. So I'm not going to retell it, but she tells some great stories about the struggles that women have gone through. And then when you see someone who takes advantage of their opportunity and takes yeah. advantage of the job that's in front of them, it just makes it just it's disheartening and it's disgusting, in my opinion. So, For sure. Um, let's let's get to some actual sports here. Uh, Frank Harris is playing his last home game tonight, and um, I feel like it invokes a lot of emotions for everybody um, in San Antonio who pays any attention to UTSA athletics. Uh, they came from pretty much nothing and were not good, not good for eight, nine years. And then Frank Harris comes in, a local boy, and uh, Jeff Trailer comes in, a Texas coach, and expectations weren't high. And then they come in and they take over, and now they're one of the winningest programs in Texas. Um, besides all the winning that they've done on the field, though, you can't get a better person than mm -hmm. Frank is off the field. Mm -hmm. He's done countless amounts of charity and and goodwill around the community um to, to me today is a happy day to celebrate them but it's also a really sad day that that frank harris's career is is going to be over soon well there's three of them right uh so when you look at it at, at and i know we're forgetting other seniors but there's two seniors yeah, wisdom as well th there's there's two seniors and one player yeah. right or one coach rather that that really are the the three-headed monster of this entire program and it's frank harris it's rashad wisdom and it's jeff trailer right and, you know, as will be talked about now for between now and kickoff and then probably after that, you know, is that the last time that those three will be in the Alamo Dome uh, together? It, it'll certainly be the last time that the players play a home game there, and it could be Jeff Trailer's last time. My take on, on Frank Harris is, man, I wish for folks who weren't here, I, I wish you could remember or have seen him when he was at Clemens. Because to see him at Clemens was like he was he was almost Johnny Manziel in the sense of I have to have a camera and you'll appreciate this as a guy who now does high school football. I gotta have a camera out at Clemens. Right. Right? I'm building my show as a sportscaster. I got a guy here, I got a guy there. Oh, the Clemens plays in shirts. Ah oh, man, that's so far. Okay, well, it doesn't matter because Frank's playing. Yeah. Right. And so you always had to make sure that you had a camera where Frank was because Frank was going to do something with his legs that you had not seen. Yep. 
And then he has the horrific knee injury, and you're like, oh, my God, like this kid, is he even going to get to go, you know, is he going to get a chance to play college football? And obviously the story goes, and now seven years later, it's like <laughs> 11,000 passing yards, All of the seemingly 250,000 yeah. touchdowns. And, and yes, the awards, the, the honors, the awards, the stats, the records that he owes, I, I don't think anybody will ever break at UTSA because nobody's ever going to play seven years. Now, he didn't play all seven years, but nobody's going to play five. No. And, and so what he's done, what Rashad's done – you know, Rashad became a citywide, his family became citywide known for a horrific tragedy with his younger brother, Bryce. Absolutely. Um, they are not defined by Bryce Wisdom. Bryce Wisdom is defines his own legacy. But the way that UTSA football embraced that family, the way... Diana Wisdom has embraced and become an ambassador for UTSA football. You couldn't help but see them and be like, man, they're really cool. This is really awesome. I love them. They, I, they seem like family to me. And as you said, I mean, anytime you saw Uncle Frank, as he's called, um, he always has a smile. Uh, he always is, is quick with a joke. And he's a heck of a football player. Yeah, and, I mean, I got to – the pleasure of meeting Mama Wisdom a little while ago. Um, and there's no, <laughs> there great. is no better uh, UTSA fan or s- sports mom. Like, there's nobody better than Mama Wisdom. So, yeah. Um, I just think like today it's it's a day. I think tonight I'm going to lead with um, when I talk about UTSA athletics. Don't don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Because it's going to be an emotional night in the Alamo Dome tonight um, for sure. When when Frank walks off that field for the first time or for the last time. Uh, when Rashad walks off there, and and not to mention the other 19 seniors that they have. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of emotion and there's a lot of uncertainty right now because yes, you, there, there there'll be tears for Frank Harris, but there are, I mean, there are some nervous folks. Uh, yeah. Who are worried that this is it? There's going to be a lot of. Uh, and you know what? This is probably it because if it's not A and M, it's someone else. It's going to be somebody else. Well, yeah, because uh, if they get another coach from another place, A and M, that is, if they don't hire Jeff and they get. Danny Lanning, let's just call it Danny Lanning. Jeff's going to be up for that. So, oh, correct. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Like, Somebody's going to rob is, Peter to pay Paul. Exactly. Jeff is going to be up for any number of jobs because of the immense success that he's had here. And I feel like today, out of all days, is a day to just be like, man, tip of the cap. They, to UTSA? To UTSA, to, Je- yeah. to Jeff. Not to UTSA. To Jeff, to Frank, to Rashad. This is probably the last time. This is the last time we're going to see all three of them together in the Alamo Dome. This is probably the last time we're going to see Jeff there. He just interviewed for the A and M job on Tuesday, uh, as reports have called it or have have spoken. Apparently, he spoke with the uh, athletic director over at A and M, and they were supposed to have a half hour Zoom call. It ended up going a half or an hour and a half. Um, and I feel like the A uh, and M athletic director is learning why everybody loves Jeff so much. But it's just it's. It's pretty wild that this is going to be the last time, and honestly, it's just a tip of the cap to all the work that Jeff's done because there's no better person to, to, to do it. Social media is hilarious to me because um, I just put this out just 
because I was feeling it, but it's it's the things that I've seen, the articles that are being written about Jeff and his connection with the Aggies, and you know, Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman, I think broke that story. I'm yeah, not I think, sure. I think you're right. Um, but that he had the 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 phone interview Tuesday, um, and you go in, and, you know, and you want a real chuckle here. Read read all the comments and the replies. I don't know. I I don't want to label and say label the or say chuckle at the replies from the Aggies. But it's just people who have an Aggie avatar. Maybe it's one guy in a basement. Who knows? But, but what, I, what I put on, on Twitter about uh, half an hour ago was uh, the ignorance on Jeff Trailer's ability is hysterical as an observer. It's alarming as a football fan. For those in the cheap seats, whispers, he's the guy. He and, and, and maybe it's Mike Elko, too. You know, I mean, everybody is everybody here in San Antonio is like, oh, my gosh, it's Jeff Trailer because Jeff Trailer is cool. And we've seen him at H-E-B and, you know, he's got that raspy voice and we've seen what he's done. And he's done all of this with little. Can you imagine what he can do with a lot? All of that's true. But Mike Elko can do a lot, too. Mike Elko has turned a Duke program into a viable top 25 football team that hung with a lot of big boys earlier this year. He's done what he's done at A&M. So either one of those guys is fine, but you think, I think, I think you, you hope it's Jeff, unless you're a diehard UTSA fan, obviously, right. but you hope it's Jeff because you think, ah, they're going to get it right. The Aggies are going to get it right. Now, you know, if you're an Aggie fan, because he's going to build, he's not going to build a He's not going to build just a a national contender. He's going to build a program. He's going to build culture. He's going to find some way to do the 2-1-0 triangle toughness deal (laughs) only there. What would he do? How is he going to do with all of these five-star guys? He's going to get these underachieving five stars fired up. Yeah. And and that's what you – you know, if you're an Aggie fan, that's what you want to see. Not – however – I, I, I don't care about the time because I, I want to get your take on this. Okay. You're the Aggies. Okay. Right? You have three options. You have Mike Elko, which you know. Yep. He's an Aggie. It said, I mean, he, he's been in the culture. He has drank the Kool-Aid, right? So you have Mike Elko on one hand, and you know what he can do. You have Jeff Trailer, who you don't know what he can do at that level, but there are – all evidence says, my God, this guy would come in. He would rally the Texas high school football coach. You know, all of that, that's huge when it comes to yep. fighting against Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas now coming to the big boys, but he is an unknown name on the national, on the national level, right? Or you have all the money in the world and you go get Urban Meyer, right? And that's a deal. That's a dance with the devil, yep. right? Because it's, it's Urban Meyer and it's everything. But there is – Say what you want about Urban Meyer and make all the jokes and Jacksonville and blah, blah, blah. But he won at Florida, and he won big. He won at Ohio State, and he won big. And odds are that he goes to Texas A&M with all that money and resources, and he's going to win big there too. Not because Jimbo did it. Jimbo was an outlier. I, I, I think Urban Meyer is a better football coach, a better recruiter, a better program builder than Jimbo Fisher. So if you have all three of those and you say – as if Mr. Miyagi is here and you have all these cars. Choose. Which one do you choose? So putting aside, trying to put aside at least my biases towards Jeff. Yes, of course. Um, you kind of have the 
how much do, how much do you want to pay kind of thing going on here because it's like urban's going to command 15 million dollars why is that why is that i don't understand why why do we why does anybody bring up money when it comes to AM? they're paying a guy 76 million dollars <laughs> to not coach like and it's not even that like right, it's the, so- it's this hold on it's this it's it is 100 percent this this is what they're thinking oh god Oklahoma and Texas are coming. Our excuses are running out as to why we can't win in the SEC. We have been the only Texas team here. We've used it to our advantage, but now that's going. Big bad big brother Texas and big bad uncle Oklahoma is coming to our backyard, and they are going to kick our butt if we don't have whatever it is. In that, in that you just answered your own question. Urban Meyer will take this from 0 to 100 real fast. He'll take it from yep. zero to 100, but he'll be gone in five years. Yep. So what do you want? Do you want someone who is possibly going to stay there and could live there? I mean, Jeff has said that he wants to stay in Texas. He loves Texas. He's a Texas high school football coach at heart. Mm-hmm. He's worked in Texas his almost his whole adult life. Would you rather have someone like that have an unproven relatively – Duke is a, a big school when it comes to basketball, not really football, he, and, and Mike Elko has done a great job with, his, with the football program, but you're never going to be on the level of an A&M with their resources at Duke. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have the relatively unknown or the person who's won a national championship pretty much everywhere he's gone and has succeeded pretty much everywhere he's gone, but you know you, there's a time limit because he's going to – whether it's real or fake, I don't want to uh, – uh, I don't want to joke about Urban Meyer's health problems. Mm. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Something weird is going to happen with Urban Meyer. They're going to get sick of him, and he's going to be gone in four or five years. However, you might have won a national championship in that amount of time. Is that worth doing a deal with the devil? I, I don't need know. A, I need a guarantee. I, if, I'm gonna, if, if it's a guarantee that I'm going to win a title in five years. <sighs> if you're going to win one title. Am I going to win with Jeff? Am I going to win a title with Jeff? Okay, I'll give you this scenario. You hire Urban Meyer. Because, by the way, as silly as people think this conversation is, like this is happening with guys who make a lot more money than yep. you and I do. So you win, you hire Urban Meyer. You win a title in year three. He's gone in year, after year four. And, but but, but, I, but, but you I, won a title. But I beat Texas along the way. <laughs> but you won a title, so probably. <laughs> um, you hire Mike Elko. He comes in. You get to a CFB you get to two CFB uh, playoffs in six years. He has a down year in year seven, seven and five. Let's call it. He gets fired. He's gone after year seven. Was that a successful tenure? If you make the CFB playoffs uh, I, I or don't, you hire or you hire Jeff and he might be there for 10 years. He has now gotten you to 10 and two, 11 and one seasons every single year. And well, you that's going to get me in the playoffs. And you're a consistent and you're a consistent winner. You're a consistent winner with your down year being a 9-3 and three season. Which one do you want? Well, here's what I've said about Texas A&M for a long, long time. And to you Aggie fans, know this. I grew up there. I cheer for your team. But I call it like I see it. And I'll say it time and time again. When ESPN or Fox rolls into town, the only thing that they're hyping up is the 12th man and Reveille. They have nothing else to hype up. And when everybody rips your program, they always point to the fact that all you do is point out 1939. That's the last time they won a national championship. So if Urban Meyer can erase both of those things and make you relevant beyond, hey, man, 50,000 people showed up to cheer at midnight. Maybe. So which do you take? 
do you want do you want four good years in a possible national mm, championship? It's so hard. Or do you want consistent success? Well, let me ask you this. I'll 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 answer your question with a question. I love that. <laughs> if Jeff Trailer coached somewhere else, if you didn't know Jeff Trailer, who would you take? Because we all have an affinity for Jeff because he's Jeff. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. We don't know Mike Elko. I'll, I'll say this. I, as a fan, am always on the side of I would rather be good and relevant than irrelevant. Which Texas A&M has a habit of being irrelevant in between spurts of good. Correct. I would rather have a 9-3 and three season be my worst than a – six and four, six and six season, whatever, yes. and barely make a bowl game. So with that in mind, I would look at the track record of success. Urban Meyer has it. I would be concerned with his longevity. Jeff, I would probably look at really, really closely because of what he's done at UTSA. He came in and won right away. However, at a and I might want to see that happen one other place first. Can he take another program? like that and you don't want that to be like the standard it's like you don't know if he has to go to i'm just pulling a name out of a hat here tulane or uh some some lower tier school from a and m maybe it's a maybe it's a pac-12 school pac-12 is gonna not exist soon but maybe it's an arizona state just right. to throw it out there um i would love him at arizona state by the way um maybe you have to see him at a lower tier school first take that team to a 10 and 2 season 11 and 1 season and then he makes the leap to texas a&m but Seeing it and trying to take the biases out. If you can get Urban Meyer, you go get Urban Meyer because he you will have the chance to win a national championship within three years, unless Jacksonville completely broke him, um, which I can't see. Uh, but I, I would hire Jeff just because I love Jeff. <laughs> so they haven't won ten games, I believe, since 2012, and they haven't won had back to back ten plus win seasons since 1994. 1994, I believe Electric Leland McElroy was a Heisman contender when the last time that they were, they were a national story the last few years for a couple of reasons. Number one, the recruiting class. Number two, two Jimbo's contract. Jimbo's contract. <laughs> and that's it. They were. Um, to close up that conversation, even though that it went a little too long, but I uh, enjoy Never. I enjoy having those conversations. Um, to close it up, congratulations to Jeff, to uh, Frank, to Rashad. You guys have brought UTSA from here to here, yeah. And um, not enough good things can be said about the three of you, and not enough good things can be said about the rest of the 19 seniors that are playing tonight as well. I hope this isn't the last time we see Jeff in the in the Alamo Dome. Um, I hope he's here for at least one more year to try and, you know, usher in the new era. Um, and I still a possibility he's under contract. So, I mean, we, we'll, we'll probably see him unless he gets another job. Um, but I, either way, I think that, that not enough good things can be said about the, the three of them and the 19 seniors. Anyway, we're going to skip Wemby today. Um, oh. it, 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 <laughs> do you really want to talk about how bad they suck? Their, their defense is horrible. Let's just two minutes. Their defense sucks. Wemby's fine. They can't play together. The Jeremy Shohan experience uh, is ugly, to say, to say the least. Pop has already called out his team saying you got to get tired of getting your yeah. ass kicked. And apparently they're not tired of it. We're going to see them tonight against the Kings, and I, they're probably going to get their ass kicked again. Uh, so, 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 
That's a double whammy. I mean, it just sucks. It sucks. Cause other like, than I, that, Mrs. Lincoln. Uh, other than that, ah, other than man. that, what's the take? So <laughs> here's the, I, you know, year after in the in the in the in the championship era, he he was it was it was comical in its routine. December, mid December, generally against a Milwaukee team, which was bad because there was no Giannis during that point. It was a Milwaukee or a Sacramento or something like that. Pop would would use the S word. He would call them soft. And that was always like everybody was like, oh, we knew it. I mean, you just (laughs) you could set your clock by it. It was sometime in, in December where Pop has been like, you know what? I've had enough, enough of this. You know, stop being a victim of your own demise. Figure out an o- your own plan, your exit plan. Let's get going. And sometimes it was before, sometimes it was after Christmas, but it was sometime around then. Um, watching him the other night, you know, there was the people who are saying that he's just sitting there on his thumbs, not coaching. Do you not watch sports? Like, are you literally just going to your device and looking at what other people say because there's video floating around that some fan took the other night in Oklahoma City a view from the cheap seats and they zoom in and he's going crazy dog cussing his team and it's like of course he's coaching them of course he's coaching Wimby oh he's not a, he's too soft on Wimby he doesn't coach Wimby like he did, coached Tim Duncan come on well and you see that's stupid. That's well, silly. He's well, coaching them there. I, I wish he needs a grown-up. He, Matt, he needs a grown-up running the show out there. He needs a third. He needs Drew Holiday. He needs somebody out there. I mean, the team, the team sucks can right now. Can we trade for Drew Holiday? Um, I don't think he can be traded again until December. But I mean, it's like two weeks away. We should trade for him. <laughs> This is the best. I don't think they this don't. is the best part of doing news is being able to talk about the Spurs now with the word we. I love it. I love it more than anything. I can be the crazy fan, and you have to be like, well, David. I mean, let's, I don't have know, to be anything. <laughs> I was just, I just ripped Carissa Thompson a new one like twenty minutes ago. You did. I um, liked it. It was good. Um, I don't know what's wrong with. I don't. I don't know what's wrong with them. No, the Spurs. The Spurs. They. They don't know how to win yet, and it's very apparent that they don't know how to win yet. And my take on on what Pop has done and has said is that he's going into them earlier later because he needs them to get off their ass because i think he thinks they can win this year as well um and so him telling them that you got to learn how to win and play a full 48 minutes and not just 22 minutes in the first half and not get your ass kicked again is his way of saying like let's freaking go yeah like yeah i don't think he cares what's in the social media because he's he's proven that he doesn't give a crap but it's not about that it's about winning now like he's what 70 years old Something like that. Yeah, I forgot. He, he seventy four, I believe. Seventy four. He wants to win. Let's freaking win. You got a good team. You got the the young veteran in in uh, Doug McDermott being your oldest guy. Right. They're the youngest team in the league. They need to learn how to win, and I think he's sick of them not figuring it out. Well, I heard somebody say this earlier, and it, it's in, I know you, I know you guys, I know the entire sports department has been you know kind of touching on this angle as well. But like, I think all of us missed the angle, the storyline of NBA teams getting sick, having Wimby overload so early in the season. It's like Wimby comes to town, 
you come to Wimby's town and it's like, oh my God, we're playing Michael Jordan in their prime. We're right. playing Kobe Shaq and the Lakers, and everybody's they're going to get their everybody's best shot. And I mean, these twenty somethings have no idea of, what does that mean. Like I, I'd never seen that was never more apparent than what happened in the Garden. Like what happened in New York was so shocking to me. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, my God, like, this is awful. It's national TV. They're chanting overrated. And it was like, oh, my God, this is this is a lot. Like, this is a lot. And by the way, this is why Greg Popovich signed that extension. He wanted to come and be here to shepherd them through this. But they they need a lot of help. They, they need a lot of help right now. They need right a lot now. of help, um, to, especially to cover their win total, which we all said was um, – Ghastly. Yeah, I mean, I, 28 and a half. They don't seem like they can win 10 at this point. <laughs> I thought they win about 42 games. Yeah, and we need, they definitely need some help to do that. I mean, they'd have to be the 73 <laughs> Golden State team right now to get to that pace. Um, real quick, Cowboys this weekend against the Panthers. In God, Car- how good is Dak right now? In Carolina. I mean, seriously, are you, are you going to take an opportunity to tell everybody on this pl- program how wrong you are? I'm not. You, Don, I'm Chuck. Not, I'm not, because I'm going to come in on Monday, and they're going to have lost to the Panthers. Oh, Monday. come on. <laughs> come on. It, it's uh, Dak's playing out of his mind. He's playing really well. I wish he had um, – he's not an MVP candidate. I find that to be silly. Um, CJ Stroud is. Uh, but, uh, he, well, yeah, he's – he's because he's got, he's got more signature wins. I mean, at Jacksonville uh, against uh, – None, none of the wins for so let's just talk for Cal, for the Cowboys. None of the pl- games until Philly matter unless That's you unless, unless you lose the two unless, you, games. unless you lose right. If I don't care what you do, I know just you're going to beat just Carolina. Just win the game and be and and by the way, I don't care if Dak throws four picks against Philly as long as they win. Yeah, I mean it's they got to win that game. Well, you have they to, have to win that game. You have what you really have to do is win every game until then. However, why? I mean what. Because they're up by two and a half games right now in, in in the division. I see that, but like if you if you win the next two games, but then lose to Philly, like who cares? You're going to lose against Detroit or Philly in the first round of the playoffs anyway. To at least have a chance. And to by the way, if that happens, you got to get rid of McCarthy and Dak. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Carolina. They're ten and a half point favorites. They win and cover, or they just win. Yeah, they cover. I don't think they cover. I do think they win. Uh, Bryce Young's going to have a good day. You know I don't bet. I know you don't, but I'm just saying. For all of my non-betting friends out there, um, <laughs> I don't I don't either. Um, why, why is there a, a spider on this thing? I thought this was a, 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 a like a mascot thing. No, it's your uh, it's your support emotional support spider. There you go. <laughs> hey, look, it's Chris. Oh, gosh, dang. All right, so... Um, Marsh. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, By the way, I, everyone go I'm read the not SPJ condoning. Code of ethics, I am not. I just want to make sure I didn't go in as hard as you did, but I'm not condoning what she did, okay. right? I mean, tell the truth for God's sakes. All right. Uh, if anyone needs to, oh, by the way, she doesn't have a journalism degree. I just figured that out last night. So oh, is that right? She has a society, law and society degree from UCSB, the biggest party school in California. So, congratulations to her. Uh, see truth and report it. Minimize harm. Act independent. Act independently and be accountable and transparent. None of which she did. The tenets of journalism. Congratulations. So that's all we got for you on today's Friday edition of uh, the Caesar Cleats podcast. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe. Give us a five star rating. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your grandma. I'm getting. I'm getting good at this outro thing. Um, we'll be back on Monday as always with Don, Chuck, and I. For now, have a good weekend. Go Devils. Uh, hopefully they don't get their asses kicked too bad by Oregon. We'll see you later. Arizona State's a good party school though, right?
Um, I don't, re- I don't uh, recall. I thought they were. Don't recall. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.